Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, Poisonese. A quick note before you listen to this week's episode. This week, you may notice that there is a slight bit of distortion on my audio. It's nothing horrendous, hopefully you'll agree. It just may sound in some places like she's double-tracked to the eagle-eared listeners. Normally, we would have time to clean up this audio, but we weren't able to this week without risking the episode being late, and we don't like to keep our fans waiting. The episode is still great, and we hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 123. Is it spooky? Yeah, I know why that went spooky. It wasn't meant to get spooky. It just went spooky. It just went spooky. It just went there. Go with it. Embrace it. The spookiness is good. It's almost there. Spooky month is approaching. Oh, it is approaching. The day that August ends. Not even. In September, <laughs> fall bitches assemble. <laughs> we will gather our pumpkin lattes, our dark shirts and boots and scarves. Mm, it's going to be marvellous. How are you, Nick? It's hot. It's what? hot again. It's gone hot. It's gone hot. I don't like it. It was cool <laughs> earlier today. And now it's got really hot. You're not You're not a fan of I'm the heat. I'm not a fan of the heat. I'm sitting here and I'm sweaty. No one had to know that you were sweaty, but well, at least they do now. They do now. Well, this is quite surreal because the day that we record this, even though this comes out on a Friday, we're recording this on my very birthday. Your very, very birthday. My very, very birthday. And drinks have happened, people. One or two. Not gonna lie. Not intended. Went round to a friend's Accidentally house. Accidentally drinking. Always. Went round to a friend's house. Accidentally had some fizz. Had some fizz. Accidentally handed a glass of fizz as you walked through the door. Forced down my throat. Came round here. Nick said, do you want a cocktail for your birthday? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, something with the pistachio. The pistachio liqueur. Mm. Pistachio liqueur is possibly the new absinthe. Because <laughs> it, I don't know what is in that, but we made a pistachio martini and we have gone insane. Speak for yourself. Nick yeah. has been saying things I've been saying dreadful, that I won't even things. repeat. <laughs> now Nick has So I have large... a Negroni to sober me up. <laughs> The world's largest Negroni has been poured. So this bodes well, Yes, because I've got to read things soon. It's going to be dreadful. I'm going to drink more pistachio nonsense. <laughs> Anything or anyone you would like to poison this Oh, week? the hotness. It's so nearly stormed today. 
It rained, but not quite stormy. Oh, it was just a pathetic It was attempt. a bit of a like, uh, try harder. But I think tomorrow it's going to be excitingly stormy. Oh, I was ready with my candles, my blanket, yeah. my book. Well, speaking of heat that sends you insane and liqueurs that trick you, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious new Patreon subscribers. Yes, another two of you marvellous people have joined us on Patreon this week. Ooh. Thank you very much to Steph and Dex. And thank you, Danny D. Marvellous. Very superhero names this week. That's very true. I feel yes. like they could fight crime. Some Yes, some sort of cape would be involved, I feel. Or maybe a cape. Yeah. Gets caught in things, though. That's well, but it looks cool. It does. A lot of latex. A lot of latex. Unnecessary latex, I feel. Is latex ever necessary? I mean, it's never necessary. So I think all latex is probably unnecessary. <laughs> it's bad latex that they're wearing. It well, squeaks a lot on their I approach. think unnecessary and bad are two different things. <laughs> so, it's unnecessary but good. Yeah, absolutely. It can be, some can be unnecessary but fucking awesome. It's unnecessary, but it's very, very cool. No, okay, everything wipes clean. It's exactly. <laughs> Pistachio liqueur slides right comes off. Comes right off. <laughs> well, Nick, are you ready? I think probably should do something. <laughs> <laughs> to drink cocktails and talk about poison. Yay! Or? No, I want cocktails. We could drink poison and talk with our dying breaths about cocktails. Not today. Not today. Nick's already well into his <laughs> Negroni. It is the largest Negroni in the world. Mm. You were, I thought you were joking in no, the kitchen while no. you were cackling insanely. I got carried away with my measures. Pistachio martinis, the way to go, came from the most questionable website in the world. Was the yeah, it was curious, but no, it worked. It works. It's just vodka, pistachio, and, and we used the creme de cacao blanc. Yeah. The recipe called for white chocolate liqueur. Yeah, I think that's me too sweet. <laughs> no, 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 we're not basic white bitches in this house. The, the quantities that they. Gay. They must be because the quantity is suited two drinks perfectly. Yeah. So I'm assuming they were for two, not for oh, like oh. not for like a pint of um, pistachio martini. No, no. In the essay that was written, it's one of those websites where they write an essay and then you vaguely get the ingredients. <laughs> it was no pour into a glass, probably a pint glass. Yeah, that would be a pint glass. Yeah. So that's basic white bitch level, which I can respect actually because that's delicious. Okay, we're gonna go with the first option. Hooray! 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 It is Nick's story this week, but we can't. We can't. We can't possibly have a Nick's story without a cocktail in hand, as you know. Dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. Nick's story. Yeah. Nick's pick. Yeah. And the secret ingredient. Well, the secret ingredient. We have some sexy times. Is the secret ingredient sex? The secret ingredient is sex. Finally, it's happened. Yep. Absolutely. 123 episodes in. <laughs> Time for some sex, people. <laughs> This is the thing that gets us banned from Instagram. <laughs> sex, 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 so sex, sex, sex. It sex. really does depend on what image you use for the Instagram. It also, and I can't stress this enough, if you have certain words banned from your Instagram posts, load of people aren't going to see this. So if you've not seen our posts, it's I mean, because we put sex all the way through I it. mean, if you just put sex in a post, it's, that's not a, it's not a rude word. It isn't. It isn't. It should be embraced. It should be yeah. celebrated. It should be practiced. You put some sort of expletives in there, or then fair enough. Well, my first draft was rejected. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think sex but should be rejected. Instagram is a dear old maid oh, who gets enough. frightened about things. So hopefully you've seen our post. But sex. Sex, sex is a secret ingredient. Sex dance. Now I can get on board with this. I'm glad. But I'm also really <laughs> frightened. <laughs> really I'm surprised feel. this hasn't come up before, to be honest. I, uh, in a hundred there's so many puns i know i, I know we've got to we've got to leave the puns behind us because there's too many so i'm 
can't not. I, it's my brain is melting yeah. from the amount of fun. And we're a sophisticated, professional show. We do our research. We delve into the books and history. But the slightest hint of anything that is lowest common denominator. And we're knocking back the pistachio liqueurs and shouting out the puns. Absolutely. Let's go with it. We're British after all. Way. <laughs> the history of carry-on films behind us. Oh, God. <laughs> so sex. Sex is an ingredient. I mm. mean, it's, uh, it's, it adds some spice. Adds some spice. Just leads to things. <laughs> Cocktails lead to sex. It is your birthday. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was shouting stuff in the kitchen that was quite very Quite funny, weird. making Shane really uncomfortable. It's quite fun. Just wandering around going, soon you'll be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife now. <laughs> so with sex, sex. Sex. As the, sexy, sexy, we sex. We can't just say sex once, sex. apparently. Apparently not. And this is the week after we had that beautiful message from the person who said both their nieces listen to this. <laughs> I am so sorry. Don't ask questions if you're listening. What have you come up with? So this week, I mean, there are a lot of sexy cocktails. Sex on the beach. But well, I was wondering. I was wondering, but that's dull, very Boring, basic. boring, boring, boring. So Sweet, silly. None of that. None of that. Porn star martini? Porn star martini? It has none a of place, that. but not so much. Uh, no, none of that. So we are going for something a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> we like a sophistication of sex. A sophisticated sex. <laughs> We're all wearing top hats. <laughs> We're all wearing top hats. It's... Canapes have been served. Absolutely. It's, it's very formal. <laughs> we are having this week, see if I can say this right. Uh, oh. Psychopathia sexualis. What? Psychopathia? Psychopathia. Name comes from a book written in 1886, The Psychopathy of Sex, Latin version of Psychopathy of Sex, which is the first sort of medical scientific work on deviant sexual behaviours. And it's where you first get sadism sadism and masochism used in sort of technical terms in technical in terms. this in this in this book written in sort of yeah by victorian people with top hats and things um <laughs> sounds like a fantastic cocktail the most depraved sexual act or the most kind of middling sexual middling ones. i mean today they'd be like vanilla by today's standards oh, i don't know i think those victorians they knew a thing or two but behind closed doors <laughs> whereas today it's all in front of closed doors and- today it's all in front of a camera <laughs> <laughs> a sense nick has done research <laughs> wonderful i am excited in many ways so i think it is time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen use the secret safe word and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit and we're back hello so nick the psychopathia sexualis oh now you've perfected it yeah i was practicing <laughs> now i don't know whether or not i should be lying down on some sort of chaise long for this very possibly very possibly but uh, we don't have one all of my secrets while i drink this but it's it's a brownish drink brownish. which is good we have not had a brownish drink in a while this is true and we like a brown drink yep Clarity, good clarity good in the cla- glass. Good clarity, like Black. a fine diamond or a topaz. <laughs> See, I know stones. Well done, you. Excellent. Okay, I think we should dive in. Merry Christmas. Merry, merry, merry birthday. Oh, merry birthday merry to me. Merry birthday, you. Merry birthday to me and to all of you celebrating your birthdays. Hmm, interesting. Well, that's subtler than I thought. It is. Oh, I was expecting something a lot more punchy. Yeah. And that, but it's, it is not unpleasant. It's got a winey kind of taste to it. I don't know. I don't think you've got wine in it, but it's got a vermouth mm, in it, has it? Has it has got, got a vermouth in it. Got yeah, vermouth, I'll give you that. 
It's very gentle. I prefer something a bit more. I was hoping something a bit more, a bit more oomph behind it. It's a metaphor for all manner of things, isn't it? It's it's yes. Some people like something gentle and that's subtle on the tongue. Others like something a little bit more bold. Bold, yes. That's not afraid to take hold of the taste buds and. But yeah, oh, a bit disappointed. And absolutely, I will drink it. To be fair, apart from the vermouth taste, I really don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So what's going on there? We have some gin. We have some sherry. Oh, sherry. A bit of sherry going on there. Oh, that's where the wine is. That's, well, we also have some dry vermouth. I can imagine. We have some sweet vermouth. Okay. And some orange bitters. That's it? That's it. Limited ingredients. Very yeah, good. equal parts of each. Yeah. Apart from the bitters, just a dash. And then stir, stir, stir. What I think hasn't helped is that because of our general drunkenness beforehand, <laughs> we got, the ice has been out in the in the kitchen. Yeah. for some time so i think the ice is slightly melty probably more dilution right. in there than would ordinarily be expected it's a very so, good point for people again it's you know cocktail class 101 i would not have thought of that but so, we, we take our ice out of the freezer we put it in a nice ice bucket and we think that's absolutely fine the longer that it's out the more liquid the ice becomes yeah the more dilution and just the wetter and the easier it is to melt because the warmer it is Indeed. um so there's more dilution which i think but it, it tastes a lot weaker than i thought it was going to be with gin sherry and two types of vermouth. Perhaps just my taste buds have become dulled to, <laughs> to things. And I need a whack of alcohol to... But um, I, will, I will be so bold as to venture an, by all means. Uh, an opinion. Because it's a brown drink, maybe you're thinking that it's going to be really bold and spirit forward. You're expecting that bourbon-y, cognac-y, Calvados, whatever we have in there. With gin and sherry and a bit of dry vermouth. It is dry a lighter vermouth, thing. Tiny bit of, yeah, we get equal parts of sweet vermouth. It is going to be light. You're very, yeah, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't expect this to be bold and spirit forward. And it's um, it's perfectly pleasant. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's quite elegant, actually. It's quite a sophisticated drink. There's a nice complexity to it because we're so used to the brown yeah. drinks being punch you in the face and i had just drunk a pint like a pint and a granny before this you have um, yeah. <laughs> tainted my taste buds somewhat you know um, it's it's like after a very long time of a lot of toxic relationships <laughs> and says someone just takes you gently by the hand and this is what this cocktail and it, and it's is weird. <laughs> it's kind of a soft boy in a glass isn't it <laughs> oh god it is oh i don't mind it no, it's not it's, it's not unpleasant it's not what I was hoping for. For such a bold name as well. Well, yeah. For a book named after sexual deviancy. Well, with our psychologically disturbing sexual cocktails that are that disturbing, really, in hand, <laughs> we wander down the street. Is it time for a story, Nick? It is certainly time for a story. And a damn sexist story it is. You've really set this up. I really have. Okay. So I apologise now. I'm poised. <laughs> so today we have the story of Alice Silverthorne. Rich, beautiful... <gasps> Glamorous, <gasps> even more rich, the ultimate party girl. Now, Alice is born in 1899, so grew up in the Roaring Twenties. A fantastic time. She grew up in Chicago, surrounded by incredible wealth and opulence. Only child of a, yeah, a hugely wealthy dynasty in America. <laughs> but despite her privilege, she, of course, had a difficult and troubled upbringing. Oh, dear. Now, her mother died when she was only eight years old of tuberculosis um, and left Alice almost fending from her for herself, really. Yes, she was surrounded by 
governesses and staff and servants and maids and all this sort of stuff but they all bowed down to her mm. they she was the mistress of the house now she had no guidance really of how to how to work in this elite world and she found it a huge struggle and incredibly stressful and she was soon diagnosed by the the best doctors of the time with a variety of various womanly conditions melancholia hysteria of course. all these things Possibly today we may go down a slightly bipolar sort of route, potentially. But at the time, she was just a very upset, unhappy young girl. You might think at this time her father were, may have been a fairly distant character, or very strict, as, a, as was often the case, who relied on governesses and such like to raise his daughter. But Alice's father, William, was a, quite the odd the odd character and he certainly didn't do what was expected or like to do what was expected he encouraged his his now sort of teenage daughter to go out into the chicago's wild party scene go and blow off steam have some fun live your life she's early teens at this point um, yeah, I'm, I'm i'm leaning towards good, not not good parenting not good parenting absolutely more of a friend than a parent and that's that's what you want. never it never works never really works. does it not never being a cool dad yeah absolutely and he would often be seen accompanying his daughter he's to all these grand parties and nightclubs and events and things like that he would go with his daughter on his arm people of chicago began to take note of this slightly peculiar relationship especially considering mm. the time where girls were presented by their mothers when they were 16 and came out into society and it was all very formal and very structured um alice and her father had none of that they were wild and lived life as they as they liked they frequented the, all the fashionable nightclubs gossip starts to spread it was starting to get this is not the done thing it was starting to get a bit weird William was incredibly annoyed by all these rumours that were going on all this gossip behind his back and he decides to take his daughter to France they're going to get away from it all they're going to go to the French Riviera lovely and with the anonymity of a a foreign country he lavishes every luxury on his on his daughter now there is a bit of a split in thinking about their relationship yeah I was a about to ask. Yeah. So there are two trains of thoughts. A lot of people believe that there was this man who has been devastated by the loss of his wife. His daughter is his only connection and he will do anything and everything to make her happy, to give her exactly what she wants. Mm. She is his princess. And he gives in entirely to whatever she wants. Okay. Absolutely. He'll do anything to make her happy. Other people, though, have been less generous in their interpretations in their assessment of their relationship and say that William had rather unfatherly designs on his daughter. We have no idea. We do not know one way or the other which is true. Alice certainly never said if anything untoward occurred or anything like that but there were certainly rumours at the time. Either way, it's not a good parental relationship. It's not a good parental relationship. As fun as it Absolutely. sounds. So yeah, there are no boundaries whatsoever. And Alice because of these lack of boundaries she is moving from a a charmingly confident young woman to an outright arrogant woman full of entitlement really and she can get what she wants she'll click her fingers and daddy will pay for it on one occasion after they are settled in france she decides she wants to get a pet she's lonely in the house she wants to get a nice little pet to keep her company yes dear of course whatever you want get whatever you want and alice takes to promenading down the fashionable streets with a black panther on on a leash (laughs) (laughs) yes so yeah it's quite the look 
I mean, it's not a healthy relationship, mm. but 100% give me a Black Panther on a leash. That's quite cruel. But yeah. it's just for the look. Just absolutely. Once, just once. Yeah. That must be terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the population were there were fucking freaking out. Ah! <laughs> Running away. This wild animal has been imported from God knows where. Yeah, she's just got it on a ribbon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So assuming there were snipers and trees and everything, making sure he didn't go mad or whatever. But... Oh, the Shaggy was drugged. <laughs> the panther's drugged as you drag it along. This is my pet, I guess. Let's keep it quiet. It's on a wheel trolley or something. (laughs) The servant's carrying it like, meow. (laughs) Who knows? Perhaps he was a servant in a big costume. Who who (laughs) knows? Daddy in the costume. It got really weird. It got really weird. I hadn't considered that, but that would be weird. (laughs) Now, at the age of 20, she decides she needs to move away from her father's shadow, her father's umbrella, and she moves to Paris. Glamorous, lovely Paris. Uh, And she finds herself at the centre of Parisian society. Here is a woman who knew how to have fun. She knocked back absinthe cocktails. Could have had absinthe as an ingredient. Where's the fun in that? (laughs) And also, where's the sanity in that? (laughs) And she has no qualms about taking men to her bed and kicking them out the next morning. Good for her. Absolutely not a bother at all. At one such party, she met Count Frederic de Jones. Now, Frederic was a race car driver. Very fancy in the 20s. Um, and he is well known at all the parties and things like that. And Alice is smitten with Ooh. this dashing young man. And Frederick can't believe his luck. There's yeah. this confident, sexually aggressive woman. He's having a grand time. Yeah. <laughs> After only three weeks, the pair are married. Of course. To much consternation of the Count's family. Um, <laughs> but they are married nonetheless. Now, the gloss soon wears off for the newlyweds, really. This, there has been a whirlwind of parties, 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 more parties. It eventually subsides, and they actually have to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and they find they don't really have that much in common. For Alice, the marriage becomes a huge disappointment. Behind closed doors, life with Frederick, it lacks the spark and the excitement that it does out on the party scene. There is a lack of sexual chemistry. At home, he's not really that sort of masculine character that he portrays out and about, and she's very disappointed by all of this domesticity yeah is a little boring yeah exactly now she's realized she's married she's supposed to have kids she's going to be a mother they do the couple do in fact go on to have two children two daughters but as soon as they are two three years old they are sent to live in normandy then they are raised by governesses in one of the families one of the count's family's estates does not have a maternal bone in her body possibly because of the way she was raised herself at yet another fancy party alice and frederick meet jocelyn hay the 22nd earl of errol and his wife edina the countess of errol good names now um, the earl is in paris on diplomatic business he usually lives in kenya which at the time was part of the british empire and he and edina regale alice and frederick with tales of their life of luxury the pleasures of colonial life in in kenya and frederick realizing that his marriage needs a bit of a boost a bit of excitement accepts an invitation from the earl to go and join them in kenya for three months they'll go and be their guests for three months and alice leaps at the chance this opportunity to travel to these foreign exciting places when frederick and alice arrive in kenya they are whisked off to the earl's home in the small little enclave known as happy valley is it a happy valley it's a very happy valley for the europeans (laughs) it is a very small sort of community of european mostly british sort of aristocrats whose lifestyle 
really does put sort of the roaring 20s to shame servants manage plantations and ranches and stuff like that the europeans they hunt they party they play polo they shag they take drugs they drink 24 hours a day pretty much and they're having a fantastic time that does sound very i mean it sounds very very exciting but it's not good it's not good it's not good but away from the usual restrictions of british society which are very known very proper can't be having any fun whatsoever edina and errol they have thrown off the old repressions and they live life to complete abandon they throw parties that last for days at a time where they have a rule that every person has to sleep with someone else other than the person they've arrived with before the party can finish before anyone else is allowed to leave you have to shag someone else just one person oh one but oh it could be multiple person but everyone has to shag someone else at least one Sorry, at I, least one at, at first i thought you have to shag everyone else in the party no, no. this is a lot of admin no just just at least just at least one just oh, at least God. one person who wasn't the person you arrived with. <laughs> Imagine turning up at that party and there's some people rubbing their hands. <laughs> like, so, and before that happens, no one else can go. No, no one else can go? What are they going to do? Well, they have to just crack on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why these, these things might last for days. But you get pissed. You're on drugs. <laughs> cocaine piled high. Everyone's happy. And Everyone's... Oh, no, we have to do more sex. Oh, the God. one stick in the mud who's ruining it for everyone. Go, we've been shagging for four days. We just want to go just home. Just want to go home. No, another cabamal tea for me, thanks. <laughs> Bob, you're not coming again. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes me. Seriously, everyone likes you right now. <laughs> the host, the Earl, he is a dashingly handsome, handsome man. He spends much of his time and energy either playing polo, out riding his horses, or seducing women. Those are his two two main pastimes, really. His two jobs. Those two jobs: <laughs> playing polo, seducing women. If they are married women, all the better. Oh, really, yeah. all the better. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, a part time job, but it's a job. It's a job, yeah. it's know, a job absolutely. Got to be done. Someone's got to do it. We're hard work. Yeah, and the earl he was up for the challenge. <laughs> it has to be said. Now their hostess, the earl's wife, she is just as carefree as her husband. Now she falls pregnant not long after their return to kenya mm. presumably by the earl but we don't know so she can't get too carried away at the parties but she continues her exhibitionist streak by inviting her house guests to watch her take her daily baths come and come and watch what, <laughs> what? why i have a bath and scrub myself clean uh, what <laughs> that's you're not having an actual bath no yeah. exactly it's you're not in the bath with a bottle of champagne no. and rubbing yeah. yourself with various things you're not, you're not getting in between the toes with the loofah no there, exactly are you? no shaving bits that no one should see <laughs> i know i think they're more exciting baths than that they're more <laughs> come in and watch me bathe i'm gonna watch netflix and smoke <laughs> so soon alice and frederick they are full-blown members of the happy valley set alice begins an intense affair with the earl and frederick he's just very much being invited to parties He's having a lovely time. <laughs> he doesn't care whose party he's going to. He's going to have some fun. <laughs> now, as Alice settles into her new lifestyle, she quickly develops a bit of a reputation amongst the Happy Valley. But not only for her, her beauty, her stunning beauty, but she is darkly sarcastic. Her wit is very dark humour. She has wild mood swings, which some people find a bit like a bit scary. And also the the crazy games that she devises for the these parties. One of her favourite after dinner games, in fact, um, involve male guests right. um, sticking various body parts through a sheet. I'll, I'll let you leave you to your imagine various, which which pat- no just just the one particular okay, body just part the, just say just, it's the yes one. it's just the one body part they stick their they stick their knob through a sheet <laughs> and the the women there get to vote on their favorite 
The the women who get to watch get to go, oh, yes, number three, 10 points for you. Number two, oh, fuck, that's my husband. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. So they have a great time at these parties, judging the willies. <laughs> Fun for all the family. Okay, that's brilliant. <laughs> You're getting the guys to do that. Yeah. And and the sheet manufacturing as well. Oh, well you can see there's, yeah, there's, there's some servant holding holes. a sheet up, isn't there? <laughs> some guy going, I'm going to need definitely a bigger hole than but, that. No, you're not, mate. No, you're not, mate. No, you're not. <laughs> the end of the three months fast approaches. Mm. Frederick is now looking forward to returning to Paris. He wants to get, he's had a fantastic time. It's been very jolly, but he wants to get back to, to real life. His life in Paris, his racing cars. Yeah, he's got two daughters in, in France as well that he might like to see at some point. Alice is not so keen on returning. No. She's having a great time. She's having a fantastic time. She's really found her niche. But Frederick does manage to drag her back to Paris and she is miserable. She's yeah. utterly miserable. In in Kenya, she had blossomed into this outgoing, crazy party person, having a fantastic time. Now she refuses to leave the house. Mm. She falls into a deep depression. Mm. And, and getting increasingly worried by, about his wife, Frederick begrudgingly agrees to return to Kenya. If this is going to make you happy, if this is really what you want, we will return. And they do. And he buys a property out there in Happy Valley so they can stay there as long as she likes. Yeah. Alice is instantly reborn and quickly slips back into the hedonistic lifestyle. And she rekindles her affair with the Earl. Frederick is done with that side of things. He's not so bothered about all the sex parties and all this sort of stuff. He's contented to go and out into the wildlife and shoot some lions. He's not worried about the shagging anymore. He's going to go and stalk some, some wild animals. Around a year after her return to Happy Valley, her life has turned entirely upside down. Oh. The 26-year-old Raymond Trafford the youngest son of a British baronet, has arrived. He's decided to try his hand at big game hunting and farming in, in Africa, and he has arrived in Happy Valley, leaving a trail of broken hearts across Europe on his way over. <laughs> he is quite quite the cad, quite the dashing young man who so, likes to break hearts as he, as he goes. The customs officer at Calais was absolutely shattered <laughs> by him. Is your passport, sir. Don't open your heart, Pierre. Don't do it again. Alice falls wildly in love with Raymond. She is still married to Frederick at this point, but Frederick's not that important. Eh, forget about him. And she frequently and loudly bemoans the fact that she's already married. She wants to start her life all over again. It would be so much better if she hadn't married Frederick. Raymond is the one for her. And after much cajoling, Raymond promises to marry Alice if she was able to get a divorce from Frederick. Alice is delighted that he has agreed to marry her if she can do it and she makes it her mission to get a divorce the trio frederick alice and raymond return to paris and frederick is increasingly tired of his wife's goings on and he refers to his marriage as the infernal triangle <laughs> in his in his writings in his letters infernal triangle the infer yeah the the affair the affair his wife and raymond and him was the infernal triangle. I bet he referred to it once and then the rest of the time going, that slut bitch, I don't know. <laughs> well, very possibly. But the, the infernal triangle, the one that's lived on in history rather than that slut bitch. Yeah, got it right once and yeah. then the rest of it going, fuckers, absolute bastards. <laughs> Frederick's mother tries to persuade Alice against divorce. Can't she stay with Frederick just for the children's sake, just for the sake of the children? Mm. Though I do suspect that she was more concerned about the scandal the divorce would, yes. would unleash rather than the sake of the, the sake children. Of the children. Where are the where are the children exactly the mother-in-law even gives alice a small flat in paris where she can continue her affairs oh 
but behind closed doors. Better there than in the open in hotels where it can be gossiped about. So she actively not encourages, but facilitates Alice. Status and reputation is everything. Absolutely. And they do manage to keep everything under wraps for a short while. But Alice, she wants her divorce. She wants to marry Raymond. She's not really one for doing things quietly. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Loudly no. Paris. And eventually the, the gossip and the rumours are doing more damage than a divorce would do. So Frederick says fine and he files for divorce. Alice is at last free to marry her beloved Raymond. On the 25th of March 1927, Alice meets Raymond for lunch. They're going to plan their life together. Oh. They're going to plan the wedding, the children. It's going to be marvellous. Mm-hmm. Instead, he drops a bombshell. No. He can't marry her. His Catholic family would disinherit him if he married a divorcee. Oh, God, he's a Catholic. Yeah. No. He's Catholic. She's divorced. She's divorced. It ain't going to happen. And he likes their money. (laughs) He is not going to risk being cut off. He is leaving on the (sighs) evening train to return to England. The scandal. Alice is devastated. Oh, what a bastard. Sorry. You need to drop that shit into the conversation <laughs> beforehand. You can't go through with a divorce without him saying something. Without him going, yeah, no, you go ahead. You go yeah. ahead. You go ahead. Oh, by the way. Oh, he's promised throughout this. I will marry you. leave him. I will marry you. I What's will marry the game? you. Is it just to keep her... I don't know, unless he just he just really I mean he's young. He's like twenty six, twenty seven at this point. And she but, seems to know it. And she be. he just doesn't know until his parents go, You can't do this. And he's Possibly. he's just gone, I can do what I'm like. I'm I'm young and I'm rich and I'm I'm the, the son of the son of a baronet and things like that. And they've turned to her, turned to him and said, If you do this, you're out. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And he's oh. gone oh, shit. <laughs> no but money. That evening, as a tearful Alice is waving a final farewell to the man that she loves at the train station, she pulls a revolver from her purse and fires at Raymond (gasps) before turning the gun on herself. No. And I think there we have a quick break for a lovely cocktail or two. I think we need one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we have our drinks, Nick. Mm. It's feeling very dramatic, though. Well, indeed. We just left Alice and Raymond bleeding on a train platform. (laughs) Shot. Days later, Alice wakes up in hospital. Mm. Miraculously, both Alice and Raymond have survived the encounter. The police try to question Alice. Why has she done it? Why has she done such a thing? And every time she replies, I decided to shoot him just as the train was leaving. Why is my own secret? Don't ask me. Okay. She replies. Now, when Raymond is eventually well enough to be interviewed himself, he is quick to defend Alice, saying, When Madame attempted suicide, I tried to stop her, and the revolver was accidentally discharged. A deplorable accident, he says, surely. But yet an accident. Okay. Mm, The papers love the drama. Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. The papers love the glamorous heiress pushed to the edge. A noble (laughs) aristocrat defending the honour of the woman who had shot him. It was all very dramatic. Imagine being in the newsroom that day. It's like, oh, yum, 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 yum. Today is going to be a good day, It's going to be a good day. Righty, righty, typey, typey. There is huge public sympathy for the jilted and unlucky Alice when her story comes out. She also finds sympathy in the courtroom. She receives a six-month suspended sentence. For attempted murder? For attempted murder. Now many are starting to see this as a magnificent crime of passion. Go go free. And she walks free. Okay. She, I think daddy's money may have had something yes. to do with it, potentially. It does seem... <laughs> worryingly okay Mm. oh but it is a crime of passion it is just lovers and they're on the station and this was all just like caught up in the moment take away the romance she tried to fucking kill someone but also the person she tried to kill is saying no she didn't try to kill me I tried to save her she was trying to kill herself I saved her it was an accident so he is Mm. on the stand going no that's Absolutely. not you what don't happened. Want to press charges, you're don't like, want to nah, press charges. Not. Witnesses, there are train guards and things, and other passengers have seen what's gone on. They say no, yeah. she definitely tried to kill him, but he, but he is not wanting to press charges. So mm, she is indeed released now in Paris. Now, despite her new massive celebrity, her reputation in society is fucked. In the high society she is used to, doors are slammed in her face. She's not having a good time of it. She tries to return to Kenya, but she is refused entry into the country as an undesirable person from the reputation she now has. And she is forced yet again to return to Paris. But this time a friend's in town. Dear old Jocelyn Hay, the Earl of Errol. He's back in town. This time with a new wife in tow. A very rich new wife in tow. Who knows what's happened to Adina and the pregnancy been left mm. somewhere but someone else is someone else is there and alice quickly resumes her affair with the the dashing earl she is now free she's free and frederick free from raymond 
Yes. Earl, I'm all yours. And when he returns to Kenya, he is able to use his connections to get her back into the country. And it is possible that Alice and the Earl would have continued their their affair for years and years and years if it was not yet for another new arrival in Happy Valley. Oh. Who have who throws a cat amongst the pigeons in November 1940? Sir Jock Delvis Broughton. What now? Sir Jock Delvis Broughton. You can say it in the same tone of voice. It doesn't make it any less weird. Yep. Sir Jock. Sir Jock. Sir Jock. Delvis. Delvis. Broughton. 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 Where's he from? Uh, I'm assuming England somewhere. Jock. Jock. Sounds sure very American. Sounds, sounds Scottish. So, well, it could be. Could be Scottish. He's British. So he's of that peerage system. And his new wife, Diana, arrive in in Happy Valley. Almost immediately, the 27-year-old Lady Diana, who is 30 years younger than her husband, she becomes the new reigning beauty of Mm. Happy Valley. And Alice hates everything about her. Suddenly, a younger woman comes on the scene. Oh, girls, embrace the sisterhood. Alice is now... Embrace your sisters. She's 40, 41 or so. This new 27-year-old comes along. She is the new queen bee. Everyone is instantly smitten with Diana, including um, a young Coldstream's guard officer, a chap called Dickie Pembroke. Dickie Pembroke. Dickie Pembroke, who Alice had had her eye on, but he can see no one but Diana now, as soon as she arrives. It makes it even worse when Diana turns him down because he doesn't have a title, and he comes crawling back to Alice. Oh, yeah, the leftovers. Yeah. <gasps> she is now oh, resigned to get Diana's leftovers. The indignity oh, of it all. Absolutely. Lord Errol, though, the Earl of Errol, he's okay. got a title. He's got a very nice title. By Christmas, the Earl and Diana are seen dancing together at all the clubs. In in some in a manner that would some say is rather indecent. Okay. Very indecent dancing going on, and it becomes obvious that they are now having a wild affair um, under both their her husband and his wife's noses. Mm. Really, but within weeks of this, Diana's husband, Sir Jock, who has been a friend of the Lord of Errol, he quietly gives in to the inevitable, and he agrees to divorce Diana, so she can pursue the Earl. Okay, are they? Is, I mean, is the Earl really interested in marriage here? Well, it seems that's what Diana's designs are. She's mm. he's a step up from Sir Jock. He wants to marry into she, high she wants society. to go she wants to work her way up the, the peerage, the nobility. I mean the girl's already married as well. Uh, is, <laughs> at this point. Um, seems like she's got slightly more She's ambitious. She's ambitious. She's got better designs in terms of not I'm mm. going to marry into high yeah. society rather than just sleep with all of high society. Yeah, absolutely. Alice is is enraged by this she had quietly convinced herself i think that this this fling is gonna burn itself out it's an infatuation she's she's the new thing in town soon he's gonna come back to her she is his favorite mistress he's gonna return to alice but marriage how fucking dare he this is this is a fun story for me to hear on my 42nd birthday (laughs) well don't be going shagging any lords okay (laughs) It's the moral of this story. Don't go Shag down, not up. <laughs> don't Shag go. It. Don't go chasing some lords. Don't go chasing noblemen. <laughs> On the night of the twenty third of January, nineteen forty one, Alice's lover Dickie Pembroke arrives home after a night out. He reports to Alice that Sir Jock had just proposed a toast to the future of his wife and her lover. Wow. Then to the the laughter 
of the crowd. <gasps> he tells the Earl to have his soon-to-be ex-wife home by 3 a.m. <laughs> so quite quite either he was into the sort of more cuckold lifestyle or he was just resigned to the fact this was going to happen so he might as well just get on board with it because it's going to happen whether he wanted it or not you know what i slightly admire that if you're gonna be humiliated publicly lean into lean it. into it oh oh my god the drama the drama nick i oh to be that i don't want to be any of the lead players as i've said before i want to be there just hoovering up nachos <laughs> sipping wine watching this unfold <laughs> now no one can be exactly certain about what happened later that night but we do know that at some point as the earl drove home presumably after dropping diana home he stopped for someone at the roadside that somebody then fired two shots from a revolver at the earl point blank range his body was discovered by two dairy workers a few hours later and they alerted the police now, when news broke of this murder, the murder of the Earl of Errol, Diana is inconsolable. But Alice is somewhat more detached and immediately demands to see his body at the mortuary. A friend who accompanied her there remembers her passionately kissing the Earl's lips and declaring, now you are mine forever. <laughs> Anyone who's in that room, the mortuary assistants are being very respectful. They're also like... The police begin picking through the rather complex and conjoined lives of the residents of, of Happy Valley. It's all sorts of spider diagrams going about who shagged who and everything. It's, all, it's very complicated. <laughs> the shagging thing is just a mess. It's just a mess. It's a child's uh, drawing. It's a big spider web of like, oh, fuck, who knows? It's <laughs> just like an absolute scrawl. And there's one detective standing there scratching his chin like, I'll work this out. Yeah. By uh, God, sir, it's just a cloud of crayon. There's the earl in the middle. <laughs> now, the obvious suspect, they think, is the, the cuckolded husband, Sir Jock Delvers Broughton. He mm. is the obvious the obvious husband. They know what has happened, that his wife is leaving him for the Earl. Yes, in public, he seems to be quite content and or quite accepting of this relationship, but deep down inside, he must be, he's humiliated. But does he really, is he really just fuming at this? They know that a protracted investigation into the Happy Valley set is going to reveal all manner of debauchery. And they don't really want this to get out of the press. No. They don't want sort of earls and lords and counts and sirs and things yeah. like that in the paper. They're in Kenya. They don't want this in the British tabloids or anything like that. So they think they'll get a quickly get a resolution on this. Done. Dusted. They charge Jock with the earl's murder. But what of Alice, they think? A lot of people go, well, what of Alice? She certainly has a grudge against the against the earl um and she's not known for her anger management really <laughs> <laughs> the prosecution has even received two anonymous letters pointing the finger at one of the earl's discarded mistresses mm. which everyone assumes to be alice but still jock broughton he seems like a much more obvious suspect much probably easier to prosecute. Alice's takes a visiting jock every day in jail while he awaits his trial. Really? Um, she had never s shown the slightest interest in him until this point. But now she becomes one of his most ardent supporters. She assures him that he cannot possibly be found guilty. There's just no evidence against him whatsoever. You'll be fine. It'll all be great. Right. At trial, witnesses come forward attesting that on the night in question, Jock had been so blind drunk 
that when he had left the club, he could hardly walk, let alone aim a gun and fire and hit something. Also at trial, Alice's lover, Dickie Pembroke, he is also called as a witness to say, well, Alice couldn't have done it because it's the, the defence were leaning or whatever someone else. They were trying to cast doubt on the uh, jock as a, as a suspect. Going, it was Alice. It was all Alice. And Dickie Pembroke was called. And he said, no, Alice was in bed with me at the time. Okay. Couldn't possibly have been her. In the end, Sir Jock is found not guilty. Good. There's just not enough evidence against him. The mystery of the 22nd Earl of Errol's death remained unsolved. Months later... We're now looking the morning of September the 27th, 1941. Alice sits at home at her bureau writing five letters. When she is done, she changes into her finest gown. She swallows a huge dose of the powerful sedative Nembutal. She lays down on her bed, pulls out her revolver and shoots herself through the heart. She is found later that day by her servants who instantly call her doctor William Boyle. He is summoned. He arrives. It's far too late. For Alice, she is dead. He finds five letters at the scene. One addressed to her lover, Pembroke, two to her daughters, a suicide note, and one to the police. The contents of the letter to the police have never been officially released. But Dr Boyle revealed that he had read the letter before handing it over. And according to the doctor, the letter contained Alice's full confession to the murder of the Lord Earl. Oh, right, okay. Now, it is likely that the letter passed to the Attorney General, who yeah. happened to be the prosecutor at Sir Jock's trial. Right. And did he really want to open a can of worms? This whole thing. Did he really want the publicity mm. of this getting out? The Earl is dead. Alice is dead. What difference does it make now? Jock was found not guilty. No one's in prison. No one's been executed for no this, this murder. No one's under suspicion. Would it really benefit anyone? releasing this to to the world and they decide no and so nothing is ever revealed and the earl's death is still officially unsolved and there we go <laughs> the tale of alice silverthorne Ooh. alice de Jans, and alice many other names by the people she married da, da, da. very dramatic marvelous story such oh, a sexy story it's a very sexy story there's a lot of sex in there but a lot of good drama a lot of good oh, drama there's a lot of dramatic scenes yeah in that. i mean you want a dramatic scene in her suicide note alice's final wish was for her friends to host a cocktail party over her grave yes 100% <laughs> whether that happened or not we don't know but apparently it was in the letter if they that she they're requested all bastard it. friends <laughs> yeah, oh that's what we would do I like it good story it's a good story there's lots of drama there but unsolved the, the Earl's murder so she's confessed to it she's confessed to it but in this letter that never never really sees the light of day mm. really apart from the doctor's read it the police have read it and presumably gone nope <laughs> we're not going to deal with we're not going to touch we're not going to touch that it's done and dusted yeah we don't want to open up this anymore we don't but, open the person who was who was wrongly accused though in cleared is still going to live under yeah, a shadow maybe yes potentially so but i suppose he didn't know any of the wiser he didn't mm. know that this was there to, to fight for it to be to be released this confession day, to be released it's a huge public expense yeah to reopen a trial reopen a, just go, reopen a trial for a dead person 
Yeah. For a woman who who is who is dead, what does it really gain oh. anyone? And I mean, yes, she's had she has motive. She knew the Earl's movements. She she had shot a lover before, yeah. <laughs> so she had practice Honoquin, on this. The shooting of lovers on train stations and in cars and such. <laughs> don't do it. We don't delve into a lot of modern no. high society because this is modern. I'd say in the twentieth century, and everyone having the parties and all living the debauched life. There are no boundaries. I can do whatever I want, and I've got money so I can get away with it. She, she certainly had that. It seems like she has lived the life of, I can do what I like. Definitely. And maybe leaning into, in that society, that idea of the crime of passion. It's, it's explainable because it was just the heat of the moment. It's like, mm. eh, it does yeah, seem a little bit premeditated. <laughs> mm, let's see. Yeah. Well, what do you think, people? What do you think of the story? We love a bit of drama. There is obviously murder behind it. So do you think this is premeditated murder? Do you think it was something that Alice had planned for a long time? Or do you think it's a crime of passion? It's in the heat of the moment. Dive onto the comments of whatever you listen to this episode. Tell us what you think of it. Tell us more stories of crimes of passion that we could possibly cover but most importantly mix yourself up a cocktail while listening to this should you mix up the the psychopathia sexualis now should you should you i want to try it again i do want to try it again because i think it is subtle but interesting i think if i hadn't had quite as much to drink before having that one i think it, i because i I was drinking quite a hefty negroni beforehand i, I, I would defend so. you on that one nick that you have drunk more before we've sampled yeah lighter cocktails but i, I, I do think that it was a bit nothingy yeah it's very very subtle it's very nice aperitif <laughs> that's what it is it's an aperitif i don't think it would last the night no no i don't think so very gentle in its flavor but was very much overtaken for the need for Negronis and more pistachio <laughs> liqueur. What you should mix up is, and I never thought I'd say this, a pistachio martini. Absolutely. We'll put the recipe out of that as well. It's not a martini, people. We've banged on about it. It's not a martini, <laughs> but I'm converted. Pistachio liqueur, vodka, and a Chocolate. creme de cacao, a blanc one if you have. If you have a dark one, it will look a weird colour, but it will be fine. Some recipes call for like white chocolate liqueur. Don't do that. It's horrible. That's all it takes. Mix no. it up, stir it up, and it tastes like alcoholic pistachio ice cream. Put it in your face. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> it's delicious. If you do decide to make up a mix up a cocktail, then do share your pictures. Let us know what you're drinking. We love we love to see. We'd love to be nosy. Let us know what you're drinking this weekend. Make sure you join us on Patreon for more episodes. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has shared new reviews for The Poisonous Cabinet on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to your podcast. We read them. They are making such a difference to the show. So please leave us a review if you can. And we're going to tell you yet again to vote for Real Life Ghost Stories <laughs> in the Irish Podcast Awards. Do, do, do. The listener's choice. Vote for them it is so important that they win this one. They were third <laughs> in the British ones. They need to win Irish Podcast Awards. So cast your vote very soon. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.